The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Jill on Money show. It is Friday, December 2nd. And you know what that means? It's the first Friday of the month. And that means we're going to have a jobs report for the month of November. Now, you know, what we've been seeing throughout the year is the rate of job creation is starting to taper off as things slow down. I mean, frankly, the job market remains a far more resilient part of the economy than I would have imagined at this place, but okay, we're here. And it looks like uh, consensus is for about 200,000 jobs. Looks like the unemployment rate should stay around 3.7%. Hourly wages um, year over year, probably going to increase by 4.6%. And uh, by the way, those wages mark down from the peak. You know, the peak month for wage increases, annual wage increases was March. So we've been easing off since then. And, uh, you know, there's like three big things that are happening in the economy before the end of the year. Mark and I were just talking about it. It's this jobs report today. Then we have CPI, the Consumer Price Index, which is December 13th. And then that week... December 13th and 14th, that is actually the last Federal Reserve meeting of the year. So that's going to be a biggie. I think come December 16th, you all are going to just want to shut down around any of this information. I mean, you shouldn't shut down in general, but I think it's probably going to be all over by then. So if you have a financial question or maybe you need some clarification of what's going on in the economy, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll be able to help you out, but I can definitely help you with whatever's going on in your financial life. All you need to do is go to our website, jillonmoney.com. On that website, there is a beautiful button that says contact us. You complete the form, tell us what's going on. If you would like to join us on the air, click the little box that says you would like to join us on the air. Other fun things you can do on the website. Well, you should bookmark it, of course. Then you should sign up for the free weekly newsletter. And of course, please pre-order my new book. It's called The Great Money Reset. 
it is coming out in January, so uh, a perfect thing to order before the holiday season. It would just be delightful if you could do that. Oh, I see that fabulous Karen on the website has said a new button there. Pre-order the Great Money Reset and join free webinar. And yes, we have a date for the online webinar, Wednesday, February 8th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. I mean, thank God we have this up there because I'll forget these dates all the time. So anyway, you can pre-order the book anytime by Monday, January 23rd to qualify. And you get a signed book plate for each pre-order you make. How about that? All right. Let me answer some questions today. This is from Cheryl who writes, I'm 62, single, and I have a part-time job and also pulling $4,000 a month from my retirement. I wonder if she means from her retirement accounts. She says she's got a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA, $2 million in a traditional IRA. Oh my God. In order to pay the lowest in taxes for the transfer from the traditional IRA, I would like to transfer $200,000 out of it this year, but... Since it will go from a traditional to the Roth in kind, huh? So let me just say that what I think Cheryl is asking about is she's got a bunch of money in a traditional and she's got some money in a Roth. She would like to transfer money from her traditional to her Roth. And she's trying to see if she can do an in-kind transfer. You know what that means, gang? It just means like I keep all the stuff that I own and I move it into another account. However, I don't know if you can even do that. It doesn't matter if it were a in-kind, which I don't think you can do, or not. You got to pay tax on it. So you can just forget about that. You have to actually pay the tax on the amount of money that you're moving out of a traditional retirement account. Converting means you have to pay the taxes now. And by the way, she's asking, should she try and pick a day as to when she should do this conversion with the market bouncing all over the place? No, just do it. If you're going to do it, just do it. Just do it. Come on, guys. You can't make yourselves crazy like this. I don't know what you're all thinking. Like, we don't know how to time the market. I don't know how to time the market. Nobody does. Mostly when people do say, like, oh, I time the market is usually by luck, truly. That's my favorite story, though, when someone, remember the guy who had the Bitcoin and it was trading at like 60000 And we're like, just sell it. And he's so psyched now, right? He sold it, not because he was such a genius. He just like happened to pick a, a day where he happened to call us. I could have told him that exact same advice when it was at 30000 It just so happened he called us when it was making all-time highs. He made it into the book, by the way. So I hope he did sell it because it made a good story. Okay, this is a question from Chris. Subject, what to do with cash? What would be your suggestion for, okay, this person, here he is, Chris. I retired a year ago with $110,000 in my 401k. I had an advisor with Fidelity and paid uh, her $100 per month. After four months, I felt the stock market was going to start heading in the wrong direction, which it did big time, and I terminated the advisor, and I converted my entire 401k to cash. The RMD comes out of this. The remaining balance just dribbles into one of my bank accounts to the tune of $340 per month. I don't know if you were prescient or whatever, but now you're in cash. I don't know how old you are, but this is kind of interesting. Chris also has $166,000 in a checking account with a bank doing nothing. I thought I might work part-time. I seem to be enjoying my retirement, so likely I'm not going to do that. No mortgage, no car payment, no bills, food, insurance, Monthly income with a survivor's benefit and social security of $3,200. Hmm. So it sounds like that 
income covers the needs. All right, Chris goes on and says, I thought about taking part of the checking account money and investing it in short-term no-risk CDs at a bank that's paying 3%. I've got no stomach for the stock market. When I was in it just after retirement, my son told me to sit tight as the market will come back. Ah, here we go. That's probably true, but at 73 years of age, I could be dead before the market comes back. I bet not. But you know, here's the most important fact. Chris writes, I'm just not comfortable with it. And by the way, Chris doesn't have to get comfortable with it if $3,200 a month covers all of the needs that are out there for income purposes. So what do I recommend with the money in Fidelity? Sure. Uh, Why don't you build a little CD ladder? Uh, That seems fine with me. And you don't have to pay an advisor again. And I think that it would be very interesting for you to have um, a bank account where you have some CDs that are coming due I mean, every three months, six months, nine months, 12 months. That's a CD ladder. You buy it different terms. As they come due, you reinvest them. And that seems fine to me. But if you don't like risk, you don't like risk. And far be it for me to try to convince you otherwise, especially if you have the income that you need. And that's really the key, right? If you've got the income, then you don't really have to. Okay, Geraldine writes, saving for retirement at 66 years old. Here's the message. I don't have any savings for retirement or social security because of divorce and changing countries and not being able to work for a few years. (sighs) No financial advisors will help me unless I have at least $250,000 or $500,000. I bought some stocks, which are down at the moment. I have some crypto. I don't count on that. I usually have about $40,000 a year to put somewhere. I put $15,000 on my mortgage so far this year. I also pay $500 a month towards principal. Condo is worth $800,000. The mortgage is $130,000. Should I be paying down my mortgage or opening a SEP IRA or putting money elsewhere? I am self-employed and I earn $160,000 gross a year and I net about $90,000. Here's what I would say. I think that we need a bigger game plan. And I get it that you don't have um, someone actually assisting you. But I would not pay down your mortgage right now. Um, I would probably even skip the SEP IRA. I might just put money in a brokerage account. And I would try to make sure that I had my, I mean, I would probably have a full year of your expenses in the bank. Just very boring. If you've got another $40,000 to invest, then I would make sure that I invest in a brokerage account. So it's already been taxed. And I don't think I would pay down that mortgage because you're going to need some liquidity. You don't mention about how much money you do have, but if you're continuing to work, that's good. And you're putting away 40 grand a year, uh, you could build up a nice brokerage account. Some nice, boring index mutual funds will do you right, I think. I hope that helps. Lydia writes, oh, by the way, Mark, look at this. Here's the message. Hi, Mark. Hmm. What am I? What am I? Okay. Mark, do you want to answer this? I'll just read it to you. You can answer it. Here we go. Let me read it to you. Hi, Mark. I inherited my mother's IRA when she passed away in February of 2021. I was told I have to withdraw funds in order to be taxed on it. I was told I can't transfer the funds since it's inherited, so I don't know what I can do with this account. So I'm just <laughs> so I'm just ignoring it until it becomes a problem. Mark, any advice or resources would be appreciated. Thank you, Lydia. Mark, what would you like to say to that? Why can't she transfer? That doesn't make any sense. 
the only reason that I could think of is if the, it is a trust account, but it can't be. It's an IRA. She's the beneficiary of it. She can do whatever she wants with it. I think that maybe um, there might be some confusion. You could transfer it somewhere else, but it has to stay as a beneficiary IRA for as long as you want to keep it that way. The money has to be taken out of this account over the course of the next 10 years, and you can do whatever you want with it. That's it. And the only thing that I guess maybe uh, you might not be able to um, transfer some of the funds if they're Morgan Stanley funds, but so what? Get out of there. You can definitely transfer this and you should be taking the money out and you can dribble it out every year for 10 years. Or if you find yourself in one year where you have a lower tax liability, you can take more out, but the money has to come out over the course of 10 years. Okay. This is from Eric, who has greetings for both of us this time, Mark. Greetings, Jill and Mark. (laughs) Let's see if y'all will answer another question of mine. Okay. Since I'm 34 years old, this is more of a curiosity. I'm trying to learn something from every episode, even when the question or circumstance doesn't really apply to me specifically. Okay, here we go. I'm referencing your November 22nd episode but I've heard it come up lately. The caller was 56 and not going to withdraw any money before age 59 and a half, but you and Mark both recommended adding more money to the brokerage account, even though she wasn't maxing out her IRAs or 401k. I think the caller also had a Roth 401k option. Why would you not take advantage of the tax benefits of the retirement account, especially since the age 59 and a half paywall won't be a factor? Because at some point, you already have a lot of money that's been deferred of taxation, and it compounds a problem over time. So what I would tell you to do, Eric, is if you listen to our episodes with Ed Slot, that gives you a really good understanding of the idea around the money that is pulled out pre-tax can become a problem later in life. Why? because you are forced to take a certain amount of money out every single year once you turn age 72. And the money that is forced to come out comes out at whatever the tax bracket is at that time in the future. That can really start to add up to big money. The dollars that are invested keep growing. And when you take that money out, you don't know what tax bracket you'll be in in the future. You also don't know whether or not that's going to impact how much you pay for Medicare. As far as putting money into a Roth, sometimes we say, ah, you don't really need it. Sometimes it's nice just to have the money that is in a brokerage account because you need liquidity. So sometimes we like building up the liquid assets. So now Eric is saying that we gave the caller the advice to split the difference with subject her to double taxation in the brokerage account. I don't see where, what do you mean double taxation in the brokerage account? You mean because the money that is going to be taxed during like during accumulation phase? I think he's saying because you're putting in after-tax dollars into the brokerage account and then you would be paying capital gains whereas versus a, a Roth 401k, you know, it all comes out tax-free, capital gain-free. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> I, I can get on board with the Roth 401k argument. As far as the pre-tax 401k, no, that I don't, I can't get on board with. I can't really even get on board with that because sometimes I don't think you need, I think having money available. Okay. So this is just experience talking. This is like talking to a doctor who knows what the patient's going to (laughs) do versus what the science tells you. You know, the science is like, well, if you tell them to stop smoking, they'll stop smoking. Not really. This is what I think, Eric. I think a lot of times 
people who are retiring have a hard time accessing the money that they've put into those Roth accounts or traditional accounts. There's something that builds up emotionally that makes it very difficult to tap those accounts later. So sometimes I think it's nice to have a brokerage account where there are no rules and there's no boundaries. And sometimes those boundaries, I know they're emotional, but they're there still. So yeah, I can get on board with a Roth 401k, but I'm telling you right now, I know a lot of people, once that money goes into a retirement account, they are loath to take it out. And that bums me out because I really want, I really want people to be able to enjoy their lives and their money and really think about what's going to make them happy. You know, that's, that's kind of what I think. (sighs) What do you think, Mark? That's not a problem. I don't think I'll ever have. You don't? I don't think so. No, because I I see it as, uh, you know, we talk to all these people who have these big fat pensions. I kind of like, you know, I think of it as I'm, I'm building my own pension. So when the time comes, I'll turn it on. No problem. Also, I don't really think that the world works as mathematically optimized as everyone would like to make it out to be. In other words, sometimes it's okay just to say, well, I've got some money sloshing around in a cash account. Remember all those years where people were like, I don't want to keep my money in cash because I'm earning nothing. And I would say, but there's peace of mind with that. It's not optimized, but it's good to have it. It's good practice. And this is sort of the same thing. But I, I agree with you. Eric, I can get on board with your Roth 401k, even though I kind of in my heart of hearts have the sense that probably, and I don't say definitely, probably having money in a brokerage account is sort of easier to access and and people give themselves greater permission to spend that money. Just my experience. Okay. All right. That is it. That is our show. If the jobs report comes in wacky one way or another, or there's something nuts that happens in the markets after the fact, we will let you know tomorrow. For now, all you need to do is take a deep breath. Ah, very good. And know that we are here for you. So go to our website, jillonmoney.com, click contact us and let us know if you'd like to come on the air, which is always a lot of fun. Don't forget to pre-order The Great Money Reset. That's my book. It's coming out in January. When you pre-order The Great Money Reset, you will secure a spot for our live online webinar Wednesday, February 8th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Always good that they put Eastern time. I always think of the world in the world in Eastern time, but I've I've screwed up many a meeting for that reason. You will also get a signed book plate for each pre-order you make. Imagine that. You can pre-order the book in any format by Monday, January 23rd. Lots of things that are listed on our website. It's very exciting, this this uh, event, Mark. It'll be our first one. Maybe it'll be the first of many. It's Friday, so let's do some business. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Tlaircio, that guy, he's our executive producer. We are distributed by Cadence 13. You can also leave us a rating and review on Apple. It really helps us out. And, uh, of course... This is like a big month for giving some love and lifting someone up. So do lift someone up today. It will make that person feel good. It will make you feel good. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society 
in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students. 